You're listening to episode number 31 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about steps to take before you intermittent fast, how to reintroduce food after a fast, fasting versus dieting, and validating concerns with fasting for women. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. If you're in need of keto recipe food prep inspiration, I've prepped a free seven-day keto meal plan exclusive for podcast listeners. The plan is complete with a shopping list and everything you need to chow down on keto for seven whole days. Download your free copy at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. It's April 30th. I can't believe it. I'm looking to the future right now to April 30th because I'm recording this before the book tour. And I'm thinking I've just had the time of my life in the US meeting with all of you. And then I'm taking a little bit of R&R before some of the Canadian dates that are still left on my tour. I betcha I've been just having a ball meeting all of you and getting to chat with you. And so I hope that if we've met in real life, we had the best time. I bet you we did. <laughs> it's unfortunate that I had to record so many of these episodes before I got going, but I will have been on the road for over a month. So I'm glad that I could do this ahead of time and just make sure that we're still pumping out some really good quality content for y'all. Because today is about fasting, I definitely want to give mention to the fact that this talk may be a little bit triggering because we do chat just briefly about calories and restricting a little bit, but our guest today has such a strong sense of himself and has a very loving approach to health and wellness that I didn't feel any funky feelings during this episode, but definitely if you know, fasting isn't your thing and you find fasting conversations are triggering, just skip this one and I'll see you back here for episode 32. So show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E31. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. So let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true North strong and free, but gosh, I'm pretty jealous of you all in the US because you get access to Thrive Market while I'm stuck with limited access to the abundance of health foods that you all know and love. We have 14 day shipping and everything's really expensive and forget about free shipping. That's always out of the question. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and and a 30-day trial so you can reorder your favorites a couple of weeks down the road. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder, or $15.65 as opposed to $24.99 on MCT oil if you go to a retail store. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of organic and non-GMO products plus free shipping is going to make a regular $100 grocery run 
into about a 50, maybe $75 Thrive Market order for the same amount of things. You can go to thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off. And this offer will expire in a couple of weeks. So if you're on the fence about it, the time is now. Again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off. And this offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and people in the U.S. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or you want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. So we have two announcements this week before we get started with today's guest. The first one is that the winner of the podcast survey has been randomly selected and you can check the Facebook post or the Instagram post for this week's podcast to see who won. So thanks so much for submitting your answers to the survey. It's definitely going to help the team and I come up with some really good content in the coming months. So if you submitted your survey, thank you so much. And if not, there'll definitely be other opportunities to help contribute to the content that you can hear on the show. The second thing is if you got a copy of my book, first off, thank you so much. Secondly, if you haven't already, it would be amazing if you could take just a couple of moments to go to either Amazon. Amazon or Barnes and Noble or both and leave a review. You guys know me, you know that I'm not going to ask for a brilliant, amazing 100% review. If you liked things, great. If you didn't write those down too, I'll take any sort of review that will definitely help spread the word about the book and also help my team and myself figure out where we can go for our next project or anything. If you have concerns with anything that's in the book, that's the place to do it too. And if you love the book, I would love for you to put that in there too. It just helps more people find the book and will help me grow and the business grow. So that'd be really great. And thirdly, if you did get the book, you can use the hashtag hashtag keto diet book when you make any of the recipes from the book or you can even take pictures of yourself with the book and every time that you use that hashtag you're entered to win a jar of epic provisions cooking oils or Cassandrino's extra virgin olive oil so two winners will be randomly drawn each week from April 11th to June 20th so one winner will get the epic provisions cooking oils and the other winner will get the Cassandrino's extra virgin olive oil up until the June 20th. So this is gonna be going on for 10 solid weeks. So if you make anything from the book, make sure to use that hashtag on any of the photos that you take and share on social media. So all you have to do is use the hashtag keto diet book on any social media and you'll be entered to win. The giveaway is open to US and Canadian residents and you can visit healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto diet book giveaway for more details. So today's guest is Jimmy Moore. He hasn't been on the podcast yet, and he's one of my dear friends, so I'm so excited that we finally got him on the show. Jimmy Moore catapulted onto the health scene in 2004 after a phenomenal 180-pound weight loss enabled him to come off of prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and respiratory problems. He is the energetic personality behind the uber-popular blog Live in La Vida Low Carb and the host of the longest-running and one of the top-ranked 
iTunes health podcast, The Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. Jimmy also hosts two other active podcasts, Keto Diet Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc, and Fasting Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Jason Fung, featuring Megan Ramos along with the retired podcast, Ask the low carb experts and the departed low carb conversations. He has interviewed over 1,200 of the top world health experts and has dedicated his life to helping people get the best information possible about living healthy so they can make the right decisions for their health. Jimmy is also an engaging speaker who has been invited to speak all around the world, including the UK, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and across the United States. He is the international best-selling author of The Complete Guide to Fasting, The Ketogenic Cookbook, Keto Clarity, and Cholesterol Clarity. You can learn more about Jimmy and his work at liveinlevitalowcarb.com. We had a great talk, and I'm really excited to continue to add to the intermittent fasting conversation. Jimmy and I align on so many different levels and I definitely voice my opinions and concerns with women and fasting and uh, Jimmy did a really good job of answering. I think when it really comes down to it, the gist of it is you really got to listen to your body and if fasting feels like something that you're pushing yourself to do and it doesn't feel right in your body don't do it. It doesn't mean that you can't do it later or, you know, in a couple of months or years when, you know, you're more fat adapted or in a better place mentally or physically, emotionally, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that if it doesn't work for you now, it won't work for you later. Or if it works for you now, it'll continue to work for you for years. You just kind of got to listen to your body. And um, there was one point in the interview where we talked about fatty coffees and how it can not necessarily break your fast, but I just wanted to clarify here that what Jimmy was saying was that if you are in a fast, so you're doing 24 or maybe longer, 24 hours or longer of a fast, it's probably not a good idea to have a fatty coffee. But if you're practicing the 16-8 fast or you are the type of person like myself that doesn't practice fasting all too often, having that fatty coffee in the morning is like having breakfast. For me, I find I feel better on those fats in the morning than having a heavy meal. And some days I need a meal instead. So again, it goes back to listening to your body, which Jimmy is a huge supporter of. So without further ado, let's cut over to the interview. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Hey, hey, what's up? I'm so happy to have you on the show. We actually haven't I spoken. I love that you're officially. podcasting now, by the way. Oh, What'd you say? Best. We haven't spoken like officially in quite a long time. Last time you were on the Not show a was while. like a couple I think of years. the last time I saw you, it was at Paleo FX a couple of years ago. That's way too long, girl. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm super excited to chat with you all about fasting. And for listeners. The other F word. Yeah, exactly. I like it. <laughs> For listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so my claim to fame is I became internet famous a little over a decade ago after I lost a significant amount of weight on the Atkins diet in 2004, a total of 180 pounds. And it totally changed my life physically, but it also changed my career and pretty much everything about my life just totally changed when I was 32 years old. And so I started a blog called Living La Vida Low Carb in 2005 and quickly became pretty popular. A year later, this guy said, if you talk half as good as you write, you need to be podcasting. Now, Leanne, keep in mind, this was 2006, not 2017. <laughs> Nobody was doing really health podcasting back then, at least not of consequence. So I 
uh, kind of you know boasts one of the longest running health podcasts out there now, the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. What twelve hundred fifty episodes now and counting. I guess I'm gonna go till I hit like uh, ten thousand. Then I'll then I'll retire. Just kidding. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> and, and I've started. I know it's a lot of episodes. I've felt every one of them. Uh, so. <laughs> I've uh, done several other podcasts. You've been on Low Carb Conversations, which I've now passed off to other people to do. But yeah, it's it's never a dull moment. 2012, I got my chance to start writing books for a major publisher. And yeah, the rest is history. And you have a quite new fasting podcast. Is that right? Yeah. So January, I decided to team up with my co-author on The Complete Guide to Fasting, Dr. Jason Fung, as well as his clinic director. Her name is Megan Ramos to do a podcast all about fasting. And so I already had keto talk out there for the past year. And uh, but there really was no podcast when it came to fasting, like exclusively dedicated to fasting. So I said, well, Jason and Megan, you guys want to do this together? And uh, yeah. So we we basically answer questions all about fasting. And I hear you have a bunch for me here today. So I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah, we do. I've listened to quite a few of your episodes. And I really like the format that you've chosen with that new podcast. So if anyone... Thank you. We try to have fun. Yeah, totally. If anyone wants to listen, I will include a link in the show notes to that, to your new podcast so people can binge listen on all the ones they've missed so far. Not many out there. I think we're up to 10 episodes now, so you hadn't missed much. If you you go to Keto Talk, we're about 60, so you're a little behind on that one. But (laughs) (laughs) Totally hard to catch up, but I'm sure people do it. And really behind on Living La Vida Low Carb Show. you got 1,250 (laughs) episodes. Go! I think if you started today, Leanne, you might get done if you you just continuously listen about this time next year. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. In your sleep and yeah, amazing. Exactly. I'm hearing Jimmy Moore in my head all day, every day. Uh, Get him out. That's not a good thing. (laughs) I love it. So why don't we just dive right into it? We had a lot of questions about like the fasting, how to kind of starting off with, is it okay to fast daily? And do you fast on a daily period? Or is it more just like when you need it? Or how is your how is your approach? Well, let's be honest, everybody when they're not eating is fasting. So, I mean, I guess you you have to set uh, what you mean when you say fasting. I I think most people could probably get away with doing a daily fast. And if you're ketogenic, which is, you know, what you talk about here on your show, you know, it's very easy to go long periods of time without eating. I mean, when I started doing my fat, uh, my, um, my ketosis experiment back in 2012, I found that fasting just came naturally. I would eat a meal and that'd be like eight. 10, 12, 16 hours later, and I'm still not hungry. And so that's a pretty good little intermittent fast. So it's called 16-8, where you eat within like an eight-hour window and then uh, fast for 16 hours. And it's pretty natural for most people in ketosis to be able to do that. Some people like to push them to 24 hours So you eat like one meal and then you eat another meal 24 hours. Some people like alternate day fasting, which turns out to be around 36 hour fast. It's all about fitting it within your own comfort zone of what you can do. For me, I find intermittent fasting is extraordinarily easy to do pretty much on a daily basis, that whole 16, 8, sometimes 24. And and, and I do that fine. So yeah, in the day to day to answer your specific question, yes, I can fast pretty much every day. Yeah, same with me. It's it's such an easy tool. I just love yep. it. <laughs> and it gives your pancreas a break. You know, people devalue 
those periods when they're not eating and what it's actually doing to help heal your body. Give your pancreas a break. I mean, I, I think of all those years, Leanne, that I stuffed my mouth with Coca-Cola and snack cakes and junk food. You know, I never gave that poor organ of mine, the pancreas, a break. Now it's time all these years later, still trying to heal from the insulin resistance to give that that uh, pancreas the break that it just desperately needs and fasting helps do that. Mm-hmm. And you, so you mentioned the alternate day and 24 hours or every other day. Would you say that, you know, for your personal practice, do you kind of alternate between those and do like one a week of alternate day fasting or kind of um, what would you recommend or what do you see people doing when it comes to their fasting? Because we had a lot of questions like, should I do 16-8 every day and then like yeah. an alternate day every other day? And people are just wondering what that format could look like. You know, the beautiful thing about this is there's no set rhyme or reason that's going to work for everybody. So I would not dare say, well, everybody, listen up, guys, everybody needs to, you know, X, you know, I'm not going to do that. But what we talk about in our book is, you know, find it what works for you and fit it into your lifestyle. I mean, I've been traveling like a madman since Thanksgiving. And so I haven't really had a lot of time to really fit it in, in a normal routine basis. But what I tend to find that works best for me is when I am home and I'm in familiar surroundings and around, you know, non-stressful things, doing podcasts is not stressful for me. So this is very, very relaxing, Leanne. Thank you. So I will, you know, implement some longer fasts. So we talked about the intermittent fast. We talked about 24-hour fast, 36-hour fast, but an alternate day fasting. You can actually do some of these longer fasts. I, I find that I do extremely well allowing myself to go, you know, 7, 10, 14, even upwards of 21 days fasting. Now, people listening right now are freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, he's going doing what? <laughs> but I'm not saying that's for everybody. That's what I found works for me. But guys, guess what? I didn't just start doing that overnight. I actually built my way up. So I'd say if you're not already in ketosis and testing for, you know, whether or not you're a fat burning machine, do that first. Get that down. You got to nail that before you even think about doing the other F word, as I call it. And then cut out snacks. If you're snacking, cut out the snacks next and then cut out one meal. So try breakfast, maybe skip lunch and have dinner. That's a nice little fast. And then try eating one meal and then slowly just kind of see where you get the benefits. Because some people at that point, Leanne, are getting all the benefits that they need from even those small periods of fasting. Whereas some of us, <clears throat> Jimmy Moore, uh, <laughs> need to do a little bit longer to get the true fast of fasting benefits from doing these longer fasts. Very, very awesome advice. And would you say that you benefit for those longer fasts because you're insulin resistant and because yeah. your body just needs that fasting period? It's both. I, I, I think because I've become so good at being in ketosis, my body's like almost in a state where it needs to be shaken up a little bit <laughs> to kind of break things up. And, and the fasting tends to work for that. And some people that it's daunting to even think about even going a few days without eating much less a few weeks. And I was the same way. I used to think fasting was the stupidest thing in the world. Why would you ever starve yourself? Blah, blah, blah. But hopefully we've uh, dispelled most of those myths in our book, the complete guide to fasting, because we, we wanted people to know this really isn't as difficult as you think it is. And, 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 and here's the cool thing. It's kind of like riding a bicycle. Did you start popping wheelies the first day that you started riding? No, you weren't very good. You fell off, scraped your knee, you got back up, dust yourself off and got back on it again. And you, you're going to fall, 
the first few times that you try it. But that's okay. That's totally normal. But by like the sixth, seventh time that you try fasting and push it a little longer, a little longer, if you need to do that, you'll find it's extraordinarily easy. And I'm popping wheelies every time I fast now. That's amazing. You need a shirt that says pop and wheelies with fast. Pop and wheelies, baby. <laughs> like it. So what are your thoughts on, and I know that I can't remember which fast you did it, but I remember when you were on, was it Periscope? Maybe you were doing that really long fast and you used bone broth one of the days. Can you talk a little bit more about where bone broth fits into a fast or your fasting? Yeah. So one of the things that Jason uh, Fung is very adamant about is fasting shouldn't be complicated. Fasting doesn't need to be this, oh my gosh, I have to just drink water and nothing else or I'm a complete failure in my fast. And so when he was uh, giving me some consultation on on doing my own fasting, he said, you know, throw in some bone broth and, and add some sea salt to it to kind of balance out electrolytes if you're worried about that, which I was. And and then he said, you know, if you, if you need something else, you know, like I drank some kombucha as part of one of my fasts as well. And it really helped. I found now that I don't really need it now. Again, training wheels and now I'm popping wheelies. So I think when you first start, that can give people even a little bit of a psychological boost because when you drink a cup of broth, of course, there's so many nutrients and broth as it is. It just gives you that extra little oomph to be able to get through it. And you get most of the same benefits that you would from a water only fast. Let's not let perfect get in the way of progress. And I think if you're getting progress in your health, even from these non-perfect fasts, then it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, so beautifully said. And do you think that the same would hold true for or do you think that fatty coffee holds a place in fasting? Like I know some people will do the fatty coffees in the morning and consider that part of their fast. What's your approach to that? Well, number one, I hate coffee so that I'm the wrong person to ask <laughs> this one. But actually, I'm not a fan. Uh, and let me tell you why. I think when you're fasting, you should be fasting. When you're feasting, you should be feasting, but let's not crisscross both. And I think whenever you get go down the road of fatty coffee, bulletproof coffee, whatever you call it, you actually can run into a little bit of trouble getting a very low amount of calories, but still a significant enough that your body's like, oh, you're feeding me today. And then if that's all you had the whole day, your body kind of goes, what are you doing? You need to feed me more or you just need to not eat at all. Don't go in between. And so that's that would be my concern with using like a fatty coffee on a fasting day. One thing that Dr. Jason Fung talks about is if you're going to have coffee, maybe do a splash of cream in the coffee, but not these like five, six, seven hundred calorie bulletproof coffees. Probably not appropriate on a fasting day. Cool. Yeah. So maybe that fatty coffee, if people enjoy those, you know, keep those to a day where you're, you know, having maybe your coffee and then doing lunch, dinner type of thing and having a feasting day where you're eating. But you're yep. saying on a day where, you know, you're doing a 24 hour fast, if you're having that coffee with all the fat, it's probably not a fast. Yep. When you fast, fast. When you feast, feast. Awesome. And is is fasting considered when blood glucose is maintained or where where does the blood sugar fit into into a fast? And what should people be looking for? What should their blood sugar be doing when they're fasting? 
So again, it depends on the length of the fast that we're talking mm -hmm. about, because some people will get really good benefits from those intermittent, those shorter intermittent fasts that we talked about. And then other people that have a little more significant insulin resistance or type two diabetes, it may take them several days before they see their blood sugar start to come down. In general, at least for me, and you know, I've tracked this pretty voraciously, I don't really see the big drop in the blood sugar until about day three and a half to four. That's when my blood sugar can drop, you know, 25, 30 points from where it had been, which is great uh, because it's also corresponding with a greater amount of ketone production as well. So, you know, I can hang around like 0.7 to 1.0 on the blood ketones to start. And by day three and a half, four, it could be up to three and a half to four millimolar on the blood ketone meter, which is a significant rise. Well, when it's three and a half to four on the blood ketone meter, that corresponds to much lower blood sugar. Sometimes it freaks people out, Leanne, because they'll say, yeah. oh my gosh, I have a 70. What's going on? A am I okay? I'm like, do you feel okay? Yeah, but it says 70. I'm like, no, the only thing that's freaking you out is that number. Do you feel okay? And they're like, yeah, I feel fine. Well, what are you worried about? And so I wouldn't necessarily obsess about the numbers, but yes, your blood sugar will indeed come down. Now, one thing that was interesting as I was doing some longer fasts and some of my Periscope updates, I noticed that like deep into a fast, like day 12, 13, I would pop a 110 on my blood sugar. And I'm going, what the heck? I haven't had anything in 12, 13 days. Why is my blood sugar going so high? And again, with people that have insulin resistance, Dr. Fung actually explains this. You actually have little pockets of sugar that's deeply within that uh, visceral fat that's in the, the midsection. And as it's released, it's going to show up in your blood sugar temporarily because you're not eating anything. It's nothing to be worried about, but it's a temporary rise in the blood sugar as your body's trying to get rid of the old junk. How cool is that though? Like that's so that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. That's why I almost like, I'm glad when I see like a little bit of a spike on the blood sugar that deep in a fast, cause I'm like, yes, another pocket bites the dust. <laughs> so, you know, you've been on these fasts and you've gone 13, 14, 15, sometimes even 30 days. How do you reintroduce food and not just eat all of the things? I remember Very my carefully. first, yeah, my first 24 hour fast, I broke it with like a 2000 calorie meal and I will never oh, wow. do that again. Never, oh my gosh. Ever, 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 never. Well, with a 24 hour fast, it, it it's probably a little easier than these longer fasts. When you start doing ones that are like a week or longer, Leanne, if you did the 2000, there's this thing that you got to be real careful of. And I want people to hear me clearly on this. There's a syndrome called refeeding syndrome. So be very careful if you do a longer fast, when you reintroduce food, not to do what Leanne did. Don't do that. Uh, 2000 calories might be a little much on your system. And, and what's really interesting is you don't really need that when you've been on a fast for a, a little while. And we can definitely talk about why here in a minute. But, you know, usually what we say is have a little something about 30 to 60 minutes before your main meal. So a few nuts, maybe a small salad, maybe an avocado, just something to get in the system to get the blood flowing back to the stomach again. And then an hour later, you know, have like a little bit of meat and vegetables. What you'll find is you'll eat maybe about a third to a half of what you normally do. Now, that's so counterintuitive because you would be like, oh, my gosh, I haven't eaten in so long. Surely I'm just going to eat the house down. You really don't. You, you get fuller faster and it almost makes you wonder, 
am I eating too much on a regular basis? And maybe this is more what my normal is supposed to be. So it's, it's really a fascinating self-discovery when you start doing these longer fasts. Mm, totally. And so when you get back into the groove of things, say, for example, you know, for the average person, they're probably not going to do those really long fasts, you know, every week. So for and they you shouldn't, know, by yeah, the way. Yes, good point. So for the day to day kind of stuff to kind of circle back, if you're doing, say, a 16 eight or you're doing 24 hour fasting, should somebody be counting their calories and and figuring all that out or, you know, oh, to God, your no. point, yeah, totally. <laughs> I have a word for that, (laughs) that too, but I have a word for that. It's called dieting. And and I think the dieting mentality makes people count calories and, and don't get me started on macronutrient ratios. I think that's a joke as well. You know, they're good as a guide to start you off. People always like to have guides. And so use those to start off. But after a while, be intuitive about your own nutrition because you know what makes you feel satiated. You know, when you, when you have that 80% full that we talked about in my book, Keto Clarity. You don't eat to to 100% stuffed. You eat to about 80% full, and that's probably going to keep your satiety right in line. So you keep your carbs low, you moderate your protein, you eat enough uh, fat to satiety. You're going to have those natural periods of fasting that will follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that natural ebb and flow can be really hard to get into if you've you know, been dieting. You know, I've met people 20, 30, 40, even 50 years of dieting to kind of get out of that mentality when, you know, you're saying, I'm not going to eat for this period of time. And oh, well, then I can't have 3000 calories the next two days. That's too much. That can be really hard for some people. Did you ever come from more of a dieting mentality with your history? And and how did you (laughs) approach? How did you approach fasting? What was your thought when you first got into it? That's a joke question, right? Because you know I'm exciting my whole life. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some people might not know. <laughs> there you go. It's fun talking to friends that know you and yeah. ask you softball questions like that. So, uh, yes, yes, I've come from a very long line of dieting mentality. And, yes, I used to think fasting was so dumb. It was so, so dumb. And I even tried to force the intermittent fasting and and it crashed and burned and failed. And it was horrible because I was doing it all wrong. I wasn't, I wasn't truly fat adapted. And I think this is a key point, you know, here on a keto podcast, you know, you want to get ketogenic, you know, and a lot of times, Leanne, I'll hear from people that say, well, I'm, I'm in ketosis. I'm just not seeing any results. I don't feel good. And I said, well, so what's your blood ketone level? well, I'm not testing for ketosis. And I'm like, how do you know you're in ketosis? So you really have to use the tools that are out there. We live in a grand day today here in 2017 where people can test and know exactly how they're doing in their fat burning. And so you've got to nail that down first. I can't emphasize this enough. Nail keto and it makes the other F words so much easier. Mm, Yeah, definitely. More on my interview with Jimmy Moore after this message from one of our podcast partners. This show is sponsored by Paleo Valley. You guys know how much I love supplements. This time last year, I was taking over 50 supplements a day and it was excessive. The first step to overcoming a problem is knowing you have one in the first place, I will admit. Over the last year, I've toned down on my supplement intake substantially. I'm down to below 20 a day and I'm super proud of it. One of the reasons I was comfortable letting certain supplements go is by taking a whole food base ultra primal super nourishing organ complex from paleo valley 
Now, these guys just went out with this. I've actually been taking it for quite some time, but couldn't share it with you until it was live to the public. So this organ complex from Paleo Valley is a mega nutrient dense super supplement. The nutrients in just one daily dose read like the best multiple vitamin out there. And it's a whole food. There's vitamins A, B12, B6, B5, B2, and 3, CoQ10, folic acid, iron, selenium, phosphorus, and zinc, copper, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, and DHA, phosphorus, and the list goes on. The organ complex is a combination of beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, all sourced from 100% grass-fed and finished beef organs, which are non-GMO and never given antibiotics, steroids, hormones, or grains. The capsules are 100% pure with no fillers or flow agents, gluten, grain, soy, or dairy. You can go to paleovalley.com forward slash HP to receive an instant 20% off your order of the new Paleo Valley Organ Complex. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash HP to receive your instant 20% off. And so coming from a dieting mentality, a lot of people wonder how is fasting different than, you know, the dieting of slowing down metabolism and how do you approach that question? You know, does, does fasting slow down the metabolism? And if not, what's the difference between the dieting where you're not eating enough and fasting where you're also quote unquote, not eating enough? Here is the most exciting part of fasting that nobody else is talking about, but me and Jason and Megan fasting is incredibly healthy for you because it does one thing really well. It revs up your metabolism. Now hear me right. You rev up your metabolism by not eating anything at all. Whereas if you eat, like we were talking about with the Bulletproof Coffee, you know, just a few hundred calories, your body's like, oh, I'm getting nutrition. And so if you don't continue to feed it an adequate amount of nutrition, that's when the body's like, whoa, Nelly. They got to slow things down because it thinks you're starving. And so it slows every process down. But what does not slow down is completely starving yourself of all food. Now you're not starving, but when you completely fast, it's a whole nother ball game. You actually rev up your metabolism by 12% when you don't eat anything at all. And when my definition of not eat anything at all is anything under 200 calories. So that includes the bone broth and, and those things that we talked about earlier. But you know, once you get like five, six, seven hundred calories, uh, vis-a-vis what the biggest loser contestants got on those shows, you know, they were starving those those people, not completely fasting them, but they were literally starving them by giving them just minimal calories, and their body was just rebelling in the aftermath, which is why most of them gain it all back after they uh, after they leave the show. So yeah, big big difference between. Undernutrition, which is what five, six, seven hundred calorie diets do, and not eating at all, fasting, it's two totally different beasts. Mm, yeah, exactly. And so, for those who, you know, I know that I came from a really, really restrictive, severe starvation mode many, many years ago to playing around with fasting. And I know when I was first introduced to fasting, my first thought as a nutritionist was like, ah, but what about the vitamins, minerals and electrolytes? And you mentioned it too, like adding in bone broth when you're doing those long fasts for the electrolytes. What's your stance on that? And, And what have you guys chatted about on your podcast or in your book about vitamins, minerals and electrolytes on fasting? 
Yeah. So here's the thing, you know, when you fast, you're doing it for therapeutic reasons for a very, very short period of time. Now, there are people that have done extraordinarily long fast. I think the world record, something like 350 something days, something like that's almost a whole year. But he was doing it because they were about to chop off his limbs and amputate because he's a type 2 diabetic that was uncontrolled. And so, I mean, I, I think we have to put it in proper perspective. Vitamins, you're, you're not going to die if you don't have vitamins and minerals for, you know, those few days or maybe even the 18 hours or whatever that you're not eating. So I think it's much ado about nothing because you're doing this for a purpose in mind. And, and the, the greatest purpose is you're trying to regulate your hormones which is what the purpose of a ketogenic diet is. And sometimes for those people where ketosis alone is not enough, fasting can be that nice little adjunct that puts them over the edge. So I don't worry a whole lot about those things uh, since it is such a temporary thing. And when you start eating again, make sure you get all those things back into your diet again. And if you're worried, have a little bit extra and you can fill those stores. But your body has a very resilience about it that it can actually uh, keep you going even when you're not eating any food at all. That's amazing. 300 plus days fasting. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah like, I, I couldn't even think about that. <laughs> no, I mean, your whole life would change. Like you think of all the social situations and things that revolve around food. That would be a huge adjustment. Well, I did it last January, 28 out of 31 of the days last January, and yeah, it was a huge adjustment. But it's what you do when when you are when you care enough about your health to do something, you know, put your mind to it and do it because your health is everything. If you don't have health, you're not here anymore, and that's not a good thing. Yes, I'm totally of that belief as well. You know, your body is what's keeping you here. So it's yep. nice to take care of it and make sure take that, care of that bad boy. <laughs> totally. So the therapeutic approach, that's really interesting. I know, you know, you chatted a little bit about hormones. What's the best method for fasting or, or if people are interested in regulating insulin or leptin resistance, is fasting a good tool for that? As the, as the first option? Yeah. I would say no. I say, I would say the very first option is eat real food. And if that's then not giving you the benefits that you need, then eat a real food based kind of paleo style diet. And then if that's not giving you the benefits, then eat a real food based paleo low carb diet. Then if that's not giving you the benefits, then eat real food based paleo low carb ketogenic diet. And then if that's not giving you benefits, then add in the fasting element. I think there's there's such a progression that people can take, you know, and if you already know you're in a pretty bad place and you're already eating keto and you're still not seeing the results, maybe just maybe fasting could be that next step that would push you over the edge to getting the benefits. I love that staged approach. Yeah. And kind of leaving fasting to the last kind of approach to healing your body. And also too, like you said at the beginning of our podcast, you know, those baby steps toward fasting. I know that if I would have tried fasting five years ago, I would have crashed and burned because I yes. was running off carbohydrates and eating snacks all the time. Um, exactly. But now it's effortless. So you're saying those baby steps. Now, would would those baby steps change for maybe women in their reproductive age that maybe have like thyroid conditions or health imbalances when it comes to their hormones? Well, the cool thing about fasting and even a ketogenic diet in general is that those things help with things like hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's. In fact, we just had a question about this that uh, Megan and I are answering on our fasting uh, podcast just this week. So that, that that's a good question. So yeah, I mean, one of the beautiful things about 
basically lowering insulin, either through a ketogenic diet or through fasting, it actually helps to regulate all of the hormones. And, and you know, people are like, well, I've got to get my insulin low and then I'll start working on this uh, on the hormone. No, no, no. When you do one, you're doing them all, whether you know it or not. And so getting one under control can help regulate all of them. And I found that is true. Uh, a lot of times people kind of freak out. They see their thyroid numbers go down. Now, oh, I'm hypothyroid. Do you feel the effects of hypothyroidism? Well, no, but I just have low numbers. Well, maybe that lower number is a better number, not necessarily one that's in the bad range, even though your doctor's office has this range. Well, it should be from this to this and you're below that. Maybe that's of a bunch of sick people. Maybe I want to be more optimal and maybe this is optimal that you're at. So be your own best advocate. That's my theme song. Yeah. And I think I, I've struggled with that too, with blood work and doctors saying, oh, you know, this is too high. This is too low. And I'm like, well, I'm ketogenic. And all these numbers are based on people that are carbohydrate fueled. And yes, how do we even know what normal is for keto people? And sick. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go to the doctor because they're sick. So yeah. I don't want sick normal. I want optimal. <laughs> exactly. So I think listening to your body and knowing, you know, I know when my thyroid is giving me grief, I can feel it. And you do, you do know. And as long as you know what those signs are, it's pretty easy to determine whether you feel good or not so good. Now, Does your thyroid have a man's voice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to get you. Oh, oh, oh. I always imagine my thyroid being like a little kitten, like just like a really, yeah. exactly. Oh, you're very good at noises. Yeah. That is perfect. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. Like just, you know, you have to like be gentle to it and <laughs> or else it does that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's very temperamental. Now, women. I'm the most, yeah, the most uh, fun guest you've ever had. You know it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I've never laughed this much on the podcast. So thanks for that, Jimmy. It's been a long week already. So I really it's appreciate it. It's all good. <laughs> More on my interview with Jimmy Moore after this message from one of our podcast partners. I've always loved protein powder for its ease of use, but could never find one that made me feel good from the inside out until I found collagen. Not only is collagen a fabulous protein powder alternative, it actually helps strengthen bones and cartilage, improves resistance, elasticity, and mobility of joints and connective tissues regardless of one's age, and supports muscle rebuilding after an intense workout. There are a lot of collagen brands out there, but none as committed to quality and variety like Vital Proteins. I've created product bundles of Vital Proteins Collagen, keeping in mind how I use collagen in my own home and when I'm out and about. I know you're going to love it as much as I do. Choose from Collagen Peptides Duo, Daily Essentials Combo, or Collagen and Gelatin Starter Pack and receive an instant 10% off when you purchase a bundle at vitalproteins.com forward slash keto. Again, that's vitalproteins.com forward slash keto for an instant 10% off these new Keto Diet Podcast approved collagen bundles. For women and fasting, something you guys have chatted a little bit on your podcast, there's not actually a lot of information out there. I know personally for a woman that's had amenorrhea and my sex hormones are a little bit wonky, like I said, my yep. thyroid is that angry kitten. I can't do long fasts. My body just doesn't like it. So what's kind of your 
what have you seen with women in fasting? I actually asked this question of Dr. Fung when we first started writing the book together. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I know the big question. People like Leanne Vogel are going to ask me this, so you better mm-hmm. have a good answer for this. What do we do differently for women and fasting? He's like, you know what? We have probably more women in our intensive dietary management program than any body. Most of his 1,000 plus patients that they've seen are women. And he says he's never seen any contraindication for a woman to be fasting. So what are the specific concerns that would come up for a woman, Leanne? Well, I know for myself, when I fast, say more than two days, I find I get a little bit more hypothyroid and I have to increase my desiccated thyroid. Like it's pretty substantial and it could just be like, I need to ride it out. But because I've, I know that because I've worked so hard on getting my thyroid where it is, it's like, oop, I'm feeling hypo. Um, so that could be one of the concerns. Um, Did you say in day two that happens? Yeah, about day two where my thyroid Day two yeah. sucks, by the way, <laughs> of a longer fast. <laughs> Having done a lot of these fasts, I dread day two. I wonder, though, if you pushed it to three, four, five, six, seven, if you needed to go that long, if in those subsequent days that that would normalize. I wonder if this is just kind of a temporary blip on the map and maybe you prematurely let it let it end early. I would love to kind of see you push it and you know obviously if at any point you feel horrible we always say stop the fast don't don't continue if you feel feel ill don't continue longer fasting. But I wonder if it's just because day 2 sucks so bad that maybe it kind of correlated with this feeling like you were hypo. Okay, okay. I'm going to take note of that and everyone else should too. I'm going to try that out and I'll let you know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. I sincerely want to know. Okay, deal. And then another concern could be um, triggering dieting mentality. You know, if you have that blistered relationship with food and all of a sudden you're kind of in that same place that maybe you were if you had an eating disorder or something and now you're pushing yourself not to eat. That could be another concern for men and women, but mostly women because that's who we're talking to today. The beautiful thing about fasting, though, is you're doing it with a purpose in mind. I think you're mm. you're, you're seeing the big picture. Uh, by the way, it's a very cheap diet, by the way, too. So yeah. <laughs> actually put money back in your pocket because you're not buying food uh, when you're fasting. Yeah, I, I think I can hear your argument there. And I, and I think it's a valid one, especially for people with the eating disorders. If you've bulimia, anorexia, you know, those, those are very serious. And I would say tread, tread very lightly. Hopefully that's under control, well under control before you ever start fasting. So please hear me out on that one very clearly. Do not fast if you're still in the midst of your recovery from that. But if you've recovered and, and you're worried about triggering those things, the neat thing is you're actually freeing yourself up to be able to to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish with fasting a lot more than if you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I just ate, I've got a purge, or I'm just going to purposely not eat and starve myself and push through starving signals. That's not what you're doing with fasting. It's it's kind of that fine line that if you know that that's a trigger for you, maybe try doing just intermittent fasting and you'll get all the benefits you need from intermittent fasting. Maybe you don't need to do longer fast. So that would be my answer to that. Yeah. And I think I've seen in my practice as well that people use fasting as quote unquote punishment, like, oh, well, I ate too much, so I'll just fast tomorrow. And that can be a really dangerous like loop to get into. It might seem harmless, but that's like sort of disordered behavior around food if you're using fasting as a way to compensate for quote unquote bad eating. So I also wanted to say that as well. And I think 
a concern also for women is, you know, we hear if we don't eat enough and perhaps our body fat gets too low or we're not eating enough, our actual ovulation can stop when it comes to not eating enough. So I know that a lot of women think, okay, well, you know, intermittent fasting, if I'm not eating enough, I could stop ovulating and I could lose my fertility. Yeah, those are things that I've heard as well. Even with a ketogenic diet, people have said those kind of things. I think it's one of those things that's a case-by-case basis. Just kind of see how you do. The good news is all of this is very temporary. If at any point you kind of feel, oh my gosh, this is too much, stop the fast you know, and, and, and get back on a ketogenic and, and try it again. You know, that, that's the thing about this is there's no hard and fast rules. There's no, you have to do it for this amount of time or you're a failure. You know, I think we play a lot of mind games with ourselves, Leanne, and stop doing that people. (laughs) I know it's that black and white mentality of just like, I'm either doing it or I'm not, (laughs) you know, all or nothing. Yeah. And that can cause a lot of binge behaviors too. Like if I'm not fast, staying well, I may as well just eat everything. And now I'm no longer keto and I may as well have that bag of chips and it just like snowballs. <laughs> like, And it really doesn't exactly. need to be that way. And to your point about the ketogenic diet with menstruation, I know I get that a lot. I got my period back from eating ketogenic, but I was also eating a lot of food. I wasn't restricting. I was just eating a ton of that. So I think mm-hmm. it also depends on how much food you're eating. If you are, you know why? Pardon me? I say, you know Why? Why? Because it's all about that fat, about that fat. Got to eat that fat. I like that, Jimmy. That's good. (laughs) I I need a bumper sticker or a t-shirt that says it's all about that fat. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you know, one of those cards that like has the music when you open it, something like that, but for a bumper sticker. There you go. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be good. And have like a little, a little duck voice. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, So we've chatted about like a little bit of eating disorder stuff and women's stuff. What are the instances where fasting is maybe not advised? Yeah. So underweight people, please do not fast. If you have no weight on your body and you're severely malnourished or underweight, you do not need to be fasting. I think it goes without saying pregnant women should not be fasting ever. Keto is probably okay, at least with adequate uh, calories and all that. But uh, yeah, don't, don't fast if you're pregnant. Children probably should not be fasting because they're still being, uh, still developing. And then again, people with those eating disorders, bulimia, anorexia, not a good idea. I think you got to get those things under control and well under control for years before you'd ever think about the other F word. Yeah, definitely. A lot of feeding. That is your F word if you yes, came from. <laughs> that is the F word that you need. Feed, feed, feed. and feed some more. <laughs> and I think too, you know, our our body fat percentage, like you said, if you're underweight, a body fat percentage can be different for so many people. Like I know that I don't fare well under 10% body fat. That's just not a thing. Even 15% is way too low for me. I lose my period. So I think, you know, when you're saying that, you know, somebody might think, well, I'm only 10% body fat. You know, I can totally do it. But that might not be the right percent for you. That might not be the right place for your body. Is that fair? Right. Cool. Yep. Now, somebody somebody asked us if you could kind of go through some of the benefits that you saw from your 21-day fast and whether or not you would do it again. Well, I've done several 21-day fasts, but the one that I did in September of 20, 
all my months have run together, 15, I believe it was at this point, I actually tested like a bunch of things like blood cholesterol levels. And some of those things are really, really interesting. You know, they say that you have to lower your cholesterol by taking a statin drug and all this kind of nonsense. And I actually saw my total cholesterol drop pretty significantly by like 100 points in 17 days just from fasting. Now, again, I don't think that means a whole lot, but the significance of it is most of it was in that LDL, the so-called bad cholesterol, and most of it was the small, dense LDL particles while still maintaining the large, fluffy, the healthy kind of cholesterol. And a lot of those kind of heart health markers all got better. Now, obviously, when I started eating again, Leanne, they didn't stay that low, obviously. But the cool thing is they never came all the way back up to where they were pre-fast. So I think it's one of those things that you'll see a cumulative effect over time. So fasted for 17 and a half days at that point. And, and then I fasted again, that 28 out of 31 last January. And then I fasted again, 21 days in October, November last year, last year I was writing the complete guide to fasting. So I didn't fast during writing because that's mm-hmm. stressful enough. As you oh, well know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so well, I aged so, like 10 years during the writing process. Oh <laughs> like yeah. Just... Welcome to the club, my dear. I'm oh. on my, my fourth, fifth and sixth books and, uh, or fifth, sixth and seventh books coming up the next year. So Never a dull moment, but it's stressful. And so I I don't don't do fast during stress. So I think it's a cumulative effect of all these benefits. I still struggle, you know, having a few extra pounds than I would like. And and that's I'm a suppose I'm going to always deal with that. You know, you can't be 410 pounds in your life without your body screaming at you to try to get back to there again. But I'm more interested at this point in my life, Leanne, of keeping my health in order and keeping all those numbers in line because if they're in line, it doesn't really matter what my weight is. My health is in line. That's all I really care about. Said like a true champion. That's something that I have, you know, evolved over the last couple of years of, you know, at first keto was like, wait, and how low can I go and ripped can I get? And then once you start to experience the amazingness that is a ketogenic diet, and if you choose to, you know, intertwine intermittent fasting in that, just the clarity that you get with your mind and how healthy you feel you know, the weight kind of is like, okay, well, it's going to do what it's going to do, but I feel great. My numbers reflect that. And so what? Like it's, it's such an amazing feeling and it's, it's so So, freeing. Leanne, did you say we are the champions? We are the champions, my friend. (laughs) This is what we do on my podcast all the time. Love it. Yes, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. My last like question. <laughs> my last question. You know, we chatted a little bit before about plateaus and how you may want to use fasting to break through plateaus. Um, I know that plateaus can be really, really frustrating for a lot of people on a ketogenic diet. You know, I'm eating whole foods keto. I'm exercising, and still I can't lose weight. Where would fasting fall into that, or would you recommend fasting for a person that's hit a plateau and just can't bust through it? Well, to our previous comment that Mm -hmm. you and I were just talking about, it's not that important anymore. But if it is important to you, 
Yes, yes, it, yes, it's a very powerful tool. Now, a lot of people think, oh, well, if I fast, I'll lose a little weight. Yeah, but then I'll gain it all right back because it's all water weight. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I actually have tested this when I've done these longer fasts. For example, the one I did October, November last year, I lost 28 pounds in 21 days. And I tested one month later. So after I'd been eating again for one month, tested one month later, and I'd kept off 17 of that weight. And so you can keep it off. Just know, again, like we said with the health markers, it's going to be a cumulative effect over time. So you'll lose 28, gain back 10. You'll lose another 15, gain back five. You know, And so over time, you'll have this, this huge loss if that's what you desire. But again, I don't really care about that anymore. I would much rather be healthy and maybe a little extra weight on my body than to be miserable forcing my body trying to make it fit into some mold of some stupid number on a stupid scale can you tell i'm a little jaded by it yeah. uh, I, I just i'm just not there anymore i just don't feel like that that's good even emotionally on anybody i think it just takes its toll over time yeah the mental well-being is a huge thing and something that i've been focusing on a lot how did you how did you get out of your that work space <laughs> oh thanks how did you get out of that space like how you know coming from you know, the dieting culture over to ketogenic fasting. How did you kind of find your footing with being okay with your body and, you know, being a health and wellness speaker and everything? How, <laughs> how do you find that confidence? I'm sure a lot of people wonder how you even got over that hurdle to say plateau, pff, whatever, my health is important. Yeah. Well, I, I, getting older, obviously, will do that to mm -hmm. you. But I think I just heard from so many people. I, I get about 500 emails a day, four or 500 emails a day. And it, it's just overwhelming reading people. And most of their concerns are about their weight. And now, oh, I feel good. My cholesterol markers are all great. My inflammation's down. My insulin's under control. Blood sugar is awesome. But I'm still X amount of weight. You know, and it's making them upset. And I'm going, why do we do that to ourselves? I mean, it's just it, it just frustrated me for those people. And I found that I was falling into that. I'd go to some conferences and go, all right, I don't look like the part, don't feel like I look like the part. And I don't I, I would feel inadequately. And and so I'm being real uh, open here. So, uh, you know, but at some point, people would come up to me and talk about how my work has changed their lives. And Keto Clarity, you know, totally radically changed them. And it's like, look, that's why I do this. Yes, I would like to look the part. I would like to be that perfect example of ketogenic. But I, I think I would be dead today if it wasn't for keto and fasting. So Jimmy Moore, a little bit overweight, more than he should be. But alive is a whole hell of a lot better than Jimmy Moore dead. Yeah, because you have an amazing gift to give to the world. And that's not defined with your body. And I think, you know, being in the health and wellness space, I know I struggle with this too. I'm sure everyone in this space does is like, you know, if you have acne, you're not healthy. If you're quote unquote yeah. overweight, you're not healthy. How dare you speak in front of people? But yeah. we all have this beautiful gift. And I think if we get past all that clutter that fills our mind and creates fear and, and makes us small, you know, you have a very strong message to share with the world. And imagine if you let your fears dictate that you wouldn't be doing any of the amazing things that you're putting out in the world and helping all those people. So thank you for busting through that to share all of your brilliance with the world because it's quite phenomenal. Well, thank you. You've got to have fun in life too. It's Anybody so that knows me knows I'm 
a fun guy. So <laughs> you are a fun guy and not the mushroom type. Hey, I might be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on the show. And before we wrap up, where can people find you? I am the easiest person to find online because I'm literally everywhere <laughs> in every little space. So livinlavidalowcarb.com is my website, has literally a splash page of all my stuff. But if you just Google Jimmy Moore, I think the first two pages are all my books and blogs and podcasts and a partridge in a pear tree. So <laughs> brilliant. And I'll include the show notes in today's episode, which can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash 31. And we'll include the complete guide to fasting and your fasting podcast and everything that you mentioned in today's episode. So you're a great podcaster, by the way. I've been doing this a very long time and I, I go on some new podcasts and I go, Okay, yeah, they need a little more experience, but dude, you're awesome already. <laughs> I'm it. so proud of you. <laughs> thanks so it. much, Jimmy. Thank you. And thanks so much again for being on the show. I know that a lot of people will benefit from all the information that you shared today. Thank you, Leanne. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.